Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Title of the message is in it, period. Not in it, period. In it, not in it. Okay? Uh, Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's just just good. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In it, not in it. Bow your heads, let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us to be in it and not in it. Amen. So, uh, uh, this is uh, a concept uh, that you've uh, heard if you've been in church uh, for a considerable amount of time. Uh, You've probably heard the phrase that we as believers are in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, If you haven't uh, been in church that long, didn't grow up in a church culture, and you haven't heard that, uh, I'm going to explain in scriptural context uh, what that really means. While at the same time, for those of us that might have grown up uh, in church all of our lives, I want to dispel some of uh, the teachings that were uh, given to us uh, under this same context. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. For those of us that have been uh, in church for some time, uh, uh, if, if you didn't have, uh, uh, if you weren't fortunate enough to have a pastor that, that could really uh, keep the word in context, uh, they began to take liberties with this phrase. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so you can't go to a basketball game. Because that's just worldly. And don't look at TV. Because that's the one-eyed demon. And, 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 and don't wear pants, ladies. Because that's worldly. And, and men, don't wear a beard. I don't know where they got that from. Or, or you must have a beard. And I don't know where they got that from. And don't wear... <laughs> my wife loves my beard, so... That's what that woo is about right there. (laughs) If that's worldly, I'm staying in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, You threw me off, girl. (laughs) I was saying something about something, and then you're cute. I'm going to focus over here. That way I don't have to look at her. Okay. Um, uh, You really (laughs) threw me off. All this stuff was considered worldly. So then we got down to dress codes and what you could watch and not watch, what you could listen to, what you couldn't listen to. Um, and uh, I really want to put this in context. Okay, uh, Paul, uh, at the end of uh, the book of Romans, which is uh, essentially the Magna Carta of the New Testament, 
this is where we understand and come to know justification, sanctification, uh, propitiation, uh, all the Asian, okay? Not, not Asians, <laughs> Asians, okay? Uh, consecration, uh, we, 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 learn, we learn about it all in the book of Romans. And when uh, we get to uh, chapter number 12, there's a summation. That's why he says, therefore, basically summing up all of Romans up until now, chapters 1 through 11. Therefore, having presented you with all this evidence, you need to present your bodies <laughs> as a living sacrifice to God that is holy and acceptable and pleasing to him. And there are three different ways to translate uh, what comes next. Uh, this is your reasonable service, or this is the way that you should live your life. There's three ways uh, that, that you can see this. Uh, the one that is most profound to me, though, uh, is uh, the um, translation that you yourselves would be a sacrifice. Let me tell you why that's so important, especially being written by a Jewish man. Uh, in Jewish culture, Old Testament, the reason why they brought a sacrifice, which would be the sin offering to the Lord, was to show that this animal represents my base nature. Pride, greed, lust, whatever it is, this animal represents that. If it was up to me, I'd get on the altar and burn myself up, but then I couldn't worship you because I'd be dead. So this lamb is a substitute for me. This goat is a substitute for me. These doves are a substitute for me. If I could be there, I would be there, but I can't. So I'm giving this uh, uh, sacrifice instead. This is why the sacrificial uh, work of Jesus Christ on the cross is so powerful. Because he did what we could not do and what no animal could do. He offered his own body on the cross so that we might be saved. So here's what he's saying. I, I've explained all this to you. You've come into this spiritual awareness. You've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, you need to worship him with your body, and it's your reasonable sacrifice. Then he says, now, now that, that, that you know that you should do that, don't copy the world. Do not be conformed to the world. Don't, don't be fashioned or shaped, is this word in the Greek. Don't be shaped into the form of, of the world. Why? Because the enemy influences and has control over the world. And you are no longer a part of the world's system. You are now a part of God's system and his paradigm of thought. So there is um, something uh, that I want you to see. There's some definitions I want you to have because there's a reason why this, this church is called Embassy City Church. Okay? Because we want in the fastest way possible to orient you to this mindset that Paul is talking about. Here's the definition uh, for embassy. A body of persons entrusted with a mission to a sovereign or government, especially an ambassador and his or her staff. The official headquarters of an ambassador. That's what an embassy is. It's the official headquarters of an ambassador. And here's the definition for ambassador. A diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one sovereign or state to another as its resident, that's why you're called residents if you become 
uh, uh, a member here. We call you residents. As a resident representative, uh, ambassador extraordinary and that word. I practiced it, but then I forgot. Um, a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by a government to represent uh, it on a temporary mission as for negotiating a treaty. So, so in, the, in the purest form, uh, when you came to church today, you are no longer in Irving, Texas. You're, you're, not, even, you're, you're, you're not even in the country anymore. You're, you're, this is a representation of heaven. That's how we see this. When you drive here, we see this ground that God gave us, and we saw the school the same way, because if you're an ambassador, anywhere you go, you have diplomatic immunity. It's a whole other teaching. Anyway, um, when you get here, we feel like what goes on in heaven goes on here. And so anything that happens up there can happen down here. And Jesus actually told us to pray it. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, with that statement being said, we're, we're in the world. We're in it. Uh, but we're also not in it. We're, we're, we're here as ambassadors assigned to influence culture. And we have an opportunity to do that no matter what age or what stage you are in your spiritual walk with the Lord. You can influence the culture and the people around you. God's not going to take us out of the world for us to live right. <laughs> this, was the, this was the thinking of people uh, who said, you're worldly and you need to come out of the world. They actually thought that meant don't go outside almost. You can't go, where am I supposed to go <laughs> if I'm supposed to get out of the whole world? And, and I, I want you to understand this. An ambassador that stays in his or her embassy isn't worth their salt. Okay, if the U.S. ambassador to China never leaves his or her embassy, the building, to go outside and represent the United States to China, they're fired. If that ambassador doesn't know Chinese, fired. If they don't acquire a taste for squid, Fired. Because how are you going to diplomatically relate to anybody if you're like, ugh, 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 can't be around you. Ooh, somebody put on a cigarette. I got to go. My salvation depends on it. Really? How are we going to relate to people if you can't get close to them because they have a germ? And it's the same germ you had. Because we were all born with it. At a very basic level, there's seven continents on the earth. There's many countries, many flags that represent places of origin. But there's only two places of origin as far as heaven is concerned. Okay? One is a city-state and one is a country. Okay? The city-state is sin. That's what we were all born into. Okay? And then there's a country of heaven. That's, a, that's an actual place. It's not clouds. <laughs> it's not somewhere beyond space. Okay? It's actually uh, a place that we're all going to live uh, when we 
go to meet the Lord, and we've been uh, in a covenant with him. Here's the thing. When you are born in sin, uh, that just means you were born into that state, okay? Uh, uh, but you're shaping, Scripture says, you're shaped in iniquity, okay? Um, I, I, I explained it this way. Uh, if you were born in Texas, you're a Texan, okay? Uh, but if you uh, were raised in Fort Worth on a ranch, you're a cowboy, okay? Your bent and your leaning is going to be towards some Justin boots, some Wrangler jeans with a crease that'll cut through the atmosphere, <laughs> okay? A shirt with so much starch in it, it could stand on its own, okay? Uh, and, and probably a, a cowboy hat. You were born in Texas. That just makes you a Texan. But you were shaped by a cowboy culture. Okay? That's where you lean. That's your bent. Okay? Uh, if, you, if you were born uh, in Texas, uh, but you were raised in Oak Cliff, you're going to have a little hood in you. <laughs> it's not your fault. Okay? It's just that being born there and, 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 and I know, because I lived there when I moved out here, and, and my, my, uh, uh, my grandfather's brother lived off Keist and Rugged, okay? Anytime there's a street called Rugged, <laughs> it's probably just a tinge, maybe a tinge of hood, okay? So there's going to be, you're going to lean towards some hood-like behavior because you were born in Texas, but you were shaped in Oak Cliff. Okay, now, last one. If you're born in Texas, you're a Texan. But if you're raised in Highland Park, you're bougie. <laughs> and it's not your fault. Your daddy had a trust fund. His daddy had a trust fund. You come from money. And so you go on vacations, and none of us can relate. You're like, oh, my goodness, we went to Disney, for a Disney World for a week. It's like, oh, awesome. We went there for a month. My dad bought out the Epcot Center, and we walked through it by ourselves. And you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to. I'm not sure I can. I'll never relate to that. I, ah. But good, good for you. You were born in Texas, but you were shaped by the surroundings and the circumstances, the environment that you were in. Everyone was born in sin. But whatever iniquity bent you have comes through your family, your culture, your environment. You have a leaning towards one of those. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you renounce all that. In the same way somebody renounces their rights from one country when they become a citizen of a new one. If someone were to uh, go to the U.S. Embassy in China, a Chinese person, and say, I would like to become a U.S. citizen, they would be asked to, actually, they would be demanded to renounce their citizenship to China, even though that's where they were born, that's the culture they were raised in, that's the language they know, and pledge allegiance to the United States of America. Doesn't that sound a lot like repentance? But yet we're telling people they don't have to repent anymore. Like a, a country won't even do that on a practical level. And it's just a mirror or a shadow of what the kingdom is. So what he's saying is, that you should not be conformed to this world. Don't copy this world because you're no longer of it. But you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, you have to read this because it all hinges to me on this one word, and that's let. 
Don't copy the behavior, verse number two, and customs of this world, but let, which means you have to allow it. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God needs your permission in order for you to be transformed. He will not do it against your will. And I know people that have given their life to Jesus Christ, but they still have a lot of the world in them. Because of one reason and one reason only, and this is my first point, uh, write this down, one way to not be in it. There's only one way to not be in the world, okay? This is not rocket science. The scripture makes it very, very clear for us. There's only one way not to be in the world, and it is uh, found in 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 through 17. Here's what it says. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Let's just stop right there. Here, here's the only way that, that you'll be in the world is if you love it. We're not talking about going to a ball game. We're not talking about uh, enjoying a movie. We're, we're talking about the world system. And scripture makes it very, very clear, okay? Verse number 16. For the world offers only a craving of physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So who's worldly? People that actually love the world. And what am I talking about? You, you love it more than you love God. It's, it's very, very simple. J just take an account of what you pay attention to more. If you could binge watch a whole series on Netflix and can't get through a chapter of the Bible, you probably love what the world has to offer. It wasn't like you were watching Jesus' miniseries on Netflix. <laughs> it's a six-part trilogy, Pastor. I have to watch it. It's amazing. And if this message doesn't convict you, you're probably not alive. Because this thing got to me. I didn't escape it. I started going, oh, oh, well, oh, okay. If you know more verses of Kendrick Lamar's album, then you know verses in the Bible, you probably love the world. Y'all are like, stop. <laughs> Don't go any further. Don't come down my street. I want you to just consider this is this is to convict you, not to condemn you. Just take stock, take inventory. What have I been given my attention to? My affection to my money to. I can't tithe. But that coach bag. I don't have enough money to tithe, but these shoes though. These red bottoms, these new Jordans, 
I know. I know. I'm not going to get, amen, Lord, preach that. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) I just want you to consider, this convicted me. The Holy Spirit started pointing to stuff, and you did that, and and I was like, I don't can I preach it though? Am I am I even gonna have permission to preach it, or do I gotta call Robert back and have him do it? I don't know. Am I okay to go? But this is what I love about God: when the Holy Spirit points something out to you, it's not because He's mad at you. It's actually because He loves you. And whenever you're in a relationship with somebody, they tell you when you're not paying attention to them. If you've ever dated anybody. You don't have to be married if you've never dated anybody. If you don't pay them attention, they will. I'm sorry. Do you see me? Listen, if you have a pet, (laughs) your pet will come for you if you don't show them enough attention. They will jump on you, and you'll be trying to push them off. Stop, and they'll be like, no, I have to pee. You've left me in the house all day. You've neglected you. You haven't taken for a walk, so one or two things are going to happen. You're going to get this leash or I'm going to unleash <laughs> your choice. I'm not, it's up to you. Choose ye this day. <laughs> so I'm just encouraging you, don't fall in love with the world. Don't fall in love with what the world has to offer. But here's the thing, that doesn't mean you're not supposed to engage the world. People think if you do anything outside of something for the Lord, then you are automatically in the world. It is just not true because you couldn't read the Gospels and see that. If that was the case, Jesus wouldn't have been at Zacchaeus' house. He wouldn't have been at a well to wait for a Samaritan woman. He wouldn't have talked to a Roman centurion. Mm -mm, You're worldly, centurion. Can't do anything for you. He wouldn't have healed a Seraphonician woman's daughter. Mm Mm-mm. I've only come to the lost sheep of Israel. I can't, mm-mm. You're of the world. No, I can engage with you. I just, I just don't, I'm not in love with it like you are. I've been to secular concerts. And I've, I've, I've been to secular concerts as a believer and going, oh, now I know what the spirit operating in this music is. And I see how it's affecting everybody. And then I start praying. Lord Jesus, and they, look, I bind this right now. You know, God, you, 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 can, you can shed light on this. When I, when I listen to an artist's music, I listen to the lyrics. I, I, I mentioned Kendrick Lamar because I actually listened to his album, but I paused it 11 times to genuinely pray for him. Because if you listen to it, he's actually asking you to. So there's a spiritual journey he's on. I'm not in love with anything he's talking about but I can engage so I can know how to pray. And so I can know culture. So that if I talk to somebody that's 15 or 20 years old, and they say, hey, have you heard K-Dot's album? I'm like, no, have you heard Kirk Franklin's? <laughs> Thanks, bro, you're awesome. <laughs> I hate you, okay? I just want to be informed. Jesus was informed. Jesus knew what was going on. You read Paul's accounts, Paul would actually be talking to Greeks and mention their philosophers. Can you imagine somebody saying, no, Paul, you can't do that, reading that worldly book of philosophy? 
we rebuke that, Paul. You better get back in Scripture. No, Paul read the philosophers so he could better articulate God to them. Paul walked through a territory in Acts chapter number 17 and saw all of these statues and monuments given to all of their Greek gods and saw one that was to the unknown God. And as soon as Paul saw it, Paul gathered some people together and said, hey, you know this statue right here that you have to the unknown God? I actually know who that God is. You can find God in all culture. But if you're removed from it, you cannot influence it. And there's only one way that you can influence it. Don't be in love with it. Okay? All right. Top two ways to stay in it and not of it. Y'all getting something out of this? Okay. Top two ways to stay in it and not of it. Point number one, God's word. There's only two ways to stay in it and not of it. The way you stay out of it, don't fall in love with it. Here's the way you stay in the world but not of the world, okay? Number one, God's word. John 17, 14 through 17. I have given them your word. This is Jesus' prayer. This is his final prayer before he goes to the cross, okay? I have given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Do you hear him talking? I've given them your word. The world hates them because they don't belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. Jesus does not belong to the world. But, but what does John 3, 16 say? For God so loved the world. He loved the world enough to send his son into it to die for it, even though his son was not a part of it. He says, I love you enough to send my son to die for you. He says, uh, they're not in the world. I'm, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Please underline that if you have a Bible, if, if you have some electronic way to highlight uh, uh, on your app or whatever you use. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. If, if people really understood that verse, it would change the way you teach people about going out into the world. Jesus, this is his final prayer for his disciples, uh, which include us. And he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one. How will you be safe from the evil one if he's not taking you out of the world? They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Here's the answer. Teach them your word. Which is truth. Not pop culture. Not motivational speaking. Not an inspirational teaching, not God's going to give you a breakthrough 52 weekends out of the year. Your breakthrough is coming 52 times a year. Hasn't come yet because you don't know his word. If you knew his word, you'd have a breakthrough. If you don't know his word, you're broken. He says, give them the word. Teach them the word. The only way that you're going to stay in the world and not of it is to know God's word. It's that simple. And the Bible is an acquired taste. I know so many people that read scripture uh, or, or that try to read the Bible and they just say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not a reader. So you have to read it. I, you know, I try to read the Bible. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Find a translation you can understand. Listen to the Bible uh, on audio. Get into a small group. There's no excuse, especially when the commander in chief 
is the one saying, I think he's praying. Please teach them your word. Jesus is praying this. Not some random pastor hoping you get it. Jesus, please teach them your word. They're going to need it. That's the way you stay out. It's our defense. Here's a point uh, that I want you to write down uh, as it relates to the word. God's word is our defense against the world. Plain and simple. They have all the stuff they have. We have God's word. They have everything that appeals to our senses, appeals to our desires, appeals to our flesh. We have God's word. That is our only defense. So if you do not have God's word on the inside of you, you have no defense against what the world offers. You'll have no way to repel it. You could come to church every, you could have perfect attendance from now to the day you die. If you do not have God's word on the inside of you, you will be tempted to be led astray. Second point I want you to write down. God's word allows us to be in the world without being victimized by its darkness. I'll say it again. God's word allows us to be in the world without being victimized by its darkness. Do you remember everywhere Jesus went, who were the only people that got mad? The religious people, the church people, those are the only people that got mad. Because everywhere Jesus went, they kept saying, ah, you can't go there, sinners, ooh. You can't eat with those people, oh, they're horrible, ooh. Do you know why Jesus could go into these areas and come out without being victimized by the darkness? Because he was the word. I don't know if y'all know, but it was the word wrapped in flesh. So. Here's what here's what um, a lot of people who are worldly, right? They love the world. Here's how they try to excuse their love for the world. Jesus hung around with sinners. That's why I go to the bar. Get drunk out of my mind. Don't remember where I was that night. Throw out, throw up 14 times because the Lord, I mean, the Lord would have went to the bar. Jesus is around sinners. Wrong answer. Can I correct this very, very quickly? One silver bullet for that whole theology. Jesus didn't hang around sinners. Sinners hung around Jesus. Jesus had so much swag. Sinners wanted to be around him. Zacchaeus was in a tree. He was in a tree. And Jesus walked by, and, and, and he looked up and said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to have dinner at your house tonight. He invited himself over to have dinner with Zacchaeus. If you read the account, what had happened was Zacchaeus calls all of his friends to say, come meet this guy, Jesus. And when Jesus comes to have dinner with him, Zacchaeus repents for cheating people out of their money, vows to give it back, and opens himself up to be discipled by Jesus. Does that sound like Jesus was kicking it with Zacchaeus? We have to get the account right. You should wear Jesus so well, your, your, your Christianity should be so attractive that unbelievers just want to hang out with you. 
want to hang out at your house. They want to they, they be around you. You don't have to compromise your integrity to reach unbelievers. Jesus didn't. We don't have to. But the way that you'll do that is because you're full of the word. When you have enough word in you, whatever the enemy is trying to throw at you through the culture, you'll be able to sift through it and be like, Mm-mm, that's not going to work. I understand you, and I can diplomatically relate to you. I'm an ambassador, so I can hang. Uh, but I, I, I can't assimilate nor metabolize anything that you're talking about because it's not of God. Okay? So, so the number one way that we stay in it and not of it is God's word. Number two, and we'll wrap up, God's spirit. You got to have God's word. We have to have his spirit. Okay? Here's what it says, John 14. This is Jesus talking again. Okay, but when the father sends the advocate, okay, the advocate translates uh, to uh, many different things. A lot of people uh, usually go with comforter. Some translations even have comforter. Um, But this word comforter gives uh, the wrong representation of God's Holy Spirit. When we hear the word comforter, we usually think, oh, there, there. You know, like a counselor, you sit on the couch, tell me what happened. (gasps) Who hurt you? And the Holy Spirit comes in, in comforts in that way. That, that's not the translation of the Greek. The translation of the Greek of that word advocate is legal representation. It's not a therapist showing up. It's the lawyer showing up. And the lawyer can only repeat what the legal grounds of heaven is. The word that's already been written. So when the lawyer shows up, he says, here are your rights as a citizen of our country. Let me remind you of God's word, okay? Here's what it says. I'm gonna send you the advocate as my representative. That is the Holy Spirit. Underline it if you can. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Okay. This is a spirit-filled church, which means it's led by the spirit, okay? Uh, uh, we, we embrace uh, all the giftings of the Holy Spirit, uh, and, 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 we, and we love to, to operate in them, okay? Uh, uh, we believe in miracles. We believe in word of wisdom. We believe in word of knowledge. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in all of that. Uh, but we don't sensationalize any of those things. What I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit for is not to make legs grow back. That's not why I depend on him. If he wants to make a leg grow back, that's his business. God can heal. He can dry up cancer. He can do all of that. But you know what I depend on him for? To remind me of God's word. (laughs) The only way he can remind you is if you put it on the inside. You're really a born-again, spirit-filled believer. What the true marker is, is not that you speak in tongues. It's not that you shake during worship. It's that you've allowed the Holy Spirit to use God's word to transform your mind. That's his purpose. I'm sending my legal representative to remind you of what I've said, and it is binding because of the covenant I have with you. And here's the thing now. Now that you have it, you can use it, and it will completely transform your life. How do you stay in the world and not of the world? You must have God's word. You must have his spirit.
we're ambassadors. We, we, we try to keep it very, very simple here. Come here to church. Grow here at church. Go out of this church. Please leave. <laughs> because an ambassador is not worth his or her salt if they're only trapped in their embassy. We have a dying world to reach. I'm not going to faint and have a cow if you go to a club. As long as you understand what's going on at the club. Do you love the club? <laughs> Are the scriptures your mentor? Or is Beyonce your mentor? I told y'all I was coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Do you like lemonade more than you like communion? I'm just asking. I just want to know. Is this a... I didn't say if you enjoy it or not. Go ahead, Mom. <laughs> I didn't. She wasn't going to quit till she did it. So that's my mom, so everybody knows. It, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not a matter of if you enjoy it or not. Are you in love with it? Because if you're in love with it, your heart is going with it. God just wants your heart. I'm not telling you stop listening to music. There's a lot of music outside of gospel music or CCM music. That's just really good music. But are you in love with it? Are you in love with the culture that's being presented to us right now? Have you desensitized yourself? Have you started to make excuses to justify the actions of the world because you're just really in love with it, so you just want any excuse to still be a part of it? It's the reason why Lot's wife turned around. Because God was trying to remove her from a culture, but her heart was too tied from it. He told her not to look back, and when she looked back, she turned into table salt. I'm making an appeal to you. Not out of theory, out of personal experience. Don't fall in love with the world. Be in it, but not in it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.